With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, a joint podcast from the China Project and Caixin Global. We bring you the most critical business and finance news from China. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast, part of the China Project. In this week's episode, Mei Tuan's co-founder is recruiting talent for his startup to build a chat GPT-like AI venture. China's big three airlines suffered huge losses in 2022 as pandemic restrictions upended travel and... A former China Everbright chairman is under investigation for suspected corruption. Let's jump right in. Another Chinese entrepreneur has jumped on the AI bandwagon to challenge ChatGPT. Wang Huiwen, a co-founder of Meituan, is hunting for new hires to join his startup, Beijing Lightyear Technology, to build an AI service that can rival ChatGPT. The billionaire told Caixin in an interview that he would inject $50 million into this startup. His former colleague Wang Xing, another billionaire co-founder of Meituan, said he'll join the Series A investment round for Beijing Lightyear. Wang Huiwen has approached several Beijing-based AI startups, and Caixin reported exclusively in March that Beijing Lightyear will acquire one of them. Wang is now on the hunt for talent in areas including modeling, algorithms, and applications. Moving on to a company that specializes in moving. Lala Tech Holdings, the operator of on-demand delivery services, Huolala, has filed for an IPO on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Better known as Lala Move in Hong Kong and in other global markets, Huolala was founded in 2013 and is one of the largest platforms connecting intra-city cargo delivery service providers and users in China. The company has also expanded its service to more than 400 cities in Asia and Latin America. The firm has so far raised 2.66 billion US dollars in 11 rounds of fundraising from big name investors including Sequoia China and Hillhouse Capital. Lala Tech had in 2021 filed an IPO application to be listed in the US but later dropped the plan. Next up, China's largest private shipbuilder has snapped up a 300 million US dollar office building in Singapore. Yangzijiang Shipbuilding Group has agreed to buy the 21-story office tower at about 75 million US dollars cheaper than what the current owner had paid for it in 2020. The parent company of the seller, Vietnamese real estate conglomerate Van Tin Phat, 
is tied up in controversy surrounding the arrest of its chairwoman, Trong Mi Lan, and other company officials over alleged bond fraud. Yang Zhang says that it sees the investment as a hedge against global inflation and plans to turn it into a financial center for institutional investors and tenants, such as family offices. On to the troubles confronting the aviation industry in China. Total losses at China's big three state-owned airlines in 2022 ballooned to nearly 109 billion yuan, that is about 16 billion U.S. dollars, as pandemic-era restrictions upended travel and sent passenger numbers tumbling. Net losses at Air China and China Southern Airlines both more than doubled from the previous year, while net losses at China Eastern Airlines more than tripled. Besides travel restrictions, the carriers also attributed the poor performance to high oil prices and a weaker yuan. Now that the government has ended its zero COVID strategy, analysts are expecting demand for both domestic and international air travel to recover. Switching gears now and moving on to corruption in China's finance sector. The central government has, since late 2021, stepped up its crackdown on corruption in the country's 60 trillion dollar finance industry, and numerous officials in financial regulatory agencies and institutions have been caught up in anti-graft probes. On Wednesday, authorities announced that Li Xiaopeng, a former chairman of state-owned financial conglomerate China Everbright Group, has been placed under investigation for suspected corruption. Li had stepped down as the chairman about a year ago, as he was reaching retirement age. But rumors of official probes into his alleged misconduct have circulated since late 2021. Sources with knowledge of the matter told Caixin, "A number of people connected to him are already the subject of corruption probes, and Li himself had been accused of showing favoritism to people from his home province, Henan." The sources said. Another official now under a corruption probe is Liu Lianghe, a former chairman of Bank of China, one of China's big four state-owned banks. An investigation into his alleged violations of laws and Communist Party discipline was announced in late March by China's top anti-graft watchdog. Both Li and Liu are in their early 60s, and both men had spent decades in financial regulatory agencies or state-owned financial institutions. Before we wrap up this week's news, let's briefly talk about what's been trending on Chinese social media. Zhang Jike, a table tennis superstar and seven-time world champion, has been accused of trading some very personal videos of his movie star ex-girlfriend in exchange for paying off gambling debts. The accusations exploded on Weibo earlier this week. With many people expressing rage and disappointment at the three-time Olympic gold medalist. Several brands, such as sports clothing line Anta, dropped their sponsorship deals with Zhang. Rumors, unsubstantiated, have it that Zhang had piled up millions of yuan in gambling debt, and that he sent some private videos of his ex-girlfriend to a creditor, who then used the videos to blackmail the actress. Li Weiao. A veteran journalist vouched for the veracity of the accusations. He said that he had seen and obtained some court evidence related to the blackmail, which took place a few years ago and involved some 22 million yuan of debt. That is about 3.2 million dollars. Zhang's team has denied the allegations, and his lawyer threatened to sue. 
Let's turn now to Kelsey Chung, reporter at Caixin Global and co-producer of this show. Hello, Kelsey, and welcome back. Thank you for having me, Kaiser. It's great to be back. So let's talk about something really significant that's going on in China's auto market. That's right. A really brutal price war is raging across China's auto sector right now. Uh, and it covers electric vehicle makers and traditional fossil fuel car makers. This intense fight for customers is closely watched as it is expected to reshape the world's biggest car market. So when and how did this price war get started? It began with Tesla in October when it rolled out massive subsidies and price cuts to spur sales. Then in January, it rolled out another round of discounts, making some of its locally made models almost 50% cheaper than in the U.S. and Europe. And after that, both domestic and international EV makers followed suit. So we've got BYD, Xpeng, and Volkswagen all racing to fight for customers by offering generous discounts. And since early March, the price war has escalated and spread to gasoline car makers, and a number of local governments have also participated. For example, in one of the most eye-popping offers. Dongfeng Motor Group, with a subsidy program jointly funded by the Hubei provincial government, slashed prices of one of its models by as much as ninety thousand yuan. That's around thirteen thousand U.S. dollars, or almost forty percent of the listed price. And until recently, at least thirty car makers have cut prices, according to calculations by Bloomberg and local media. Oh wow. Uh, that could definitely be very appealing to customers. So, why did the automakers decide to offer such steep discounts? There are multiple reasons. It's been a difficult period for China's auto sector. Consumer spending was badly affected by the country's earlier COVID restrictions. Also, new national emission standards are set to take effect in July, which prompted car makers to clear out their inventories as soon as possible. I see. So, have these price cuts been actually effective in in lifting sales? Then, only somewhat. Despite the massive price cuts, passenger car sales during the first 19 days of March dropped eight percent year on year by volume, and four percent from the same period the previous month, according to data released by the China Passenger Car Association. Some automakers said in mid-March that they have seen an increase in customers visiting dealerships, but many are actually holding off on their purchases and taking a wait-and-see approach, as they think more price cuts could be on the way. So, do we know how long we can expect this price war to to keep going? Unfortunately, there hasn't been a consensus based on what analysts have been saying. Some expect the price war to go on for several more months, while others say it could even drag on throughout 2023 if demand remains weak. Okay, so I guess the most important question is: How is this going to affect car makers, and how is it going to affect the overall auto industry in China? Yes, although Chinese car makers are no strangers to price war, the industry went through numerous rounds of intensely competitive periods over the past two decades, including one in 2008 after the global financial crisis, and in 2018 when China's auto market posted its first annual sales contraction in 20 years. Nonetheless, nobody wants a price war, and it is often referred to as a double-edged sword that hurts both the company that's offering the discounts and its rivals. What's more is that this situation looks much grimmer this time, as China's economy is still struggling to recover from three years of strict COVID controls. The pandemic has significantly affected people's income and demand for big-ticket items such as cars. 
That being said, more price reductions could come from financially stronger players such as Tesla and BYD. I see. And in terms of its impact on the overall industry, the cutthroat competition will not only hurt many car makers' profitability; it would also likely drive a number of automakers out of business, as years of rapid growth in the EV sector attracted many new players into the business. It's almost consensus that China now has too many automakers, and we're expecting some profound consolidation in the industry. Analysts say that the price war could also accelerate the pace of new energy vehicles replacing conventional cars in certain segments. And according to one auto analyst at a securities firm, joint venture car makers, which have moved much slower than its domestic rivals in the EV transition, have been hit the hardest in the market. I'll be really keen to see how all this plays out. So thank you, Kelsey, for all of that information. You're welcome, Kazer. Talk again next time. And if our listeners would like to learn more about the auto sector price war, please head online to caixinglobal.com. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief was produced this week by Kaiser Guo and by Zhang Yuquan, Lin Jinbing, Bernard Tio, and Zhan Wang at Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Seneca Network, like the amazing China in Africa podcast and Strangers in China. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Access from the China Project. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.